My friend, my friend, you are not alone as a victim of abuse at the hand of the man of God. That is my story too. Today, I will talk about the fact that I was married to a minister who was a sexual predator, a pedophile, and a porn addict. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at that pain. And the cancer of this type of abuse in five high-profile Christian situations. Hillsong, IHOP KC, the International Church of Christ, Mark Hill, Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll, and the Southern Baptist Convention. Friends, I do have personal coaching on special for the new year. Start 2024 with some healing. For $47, you can book one-on-one -on -one time with me. Book a session to ensure a spot in January. Email us at laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at victoriousanyway.co in order to get the Calendly link to sign up. Payment is taken on the website at www.victoriousanyway.co. It was over 30 years ago, the divorce from my minister husband. But it has taken me really all those years to be able to write the words sexual predator, pedophile. Those are horrible horrible words and words people say in news reports on TV or maybe write in articles about some criminal horror. Well, friends, those words are about my life, my real life. I was the one married to that person. Mine is a survivor story, but today we will look at the raw truth of abuse and address focus number one of this podcast, break the silence. Whenever I speak about my memoir, Married by Myself, people always say to me afterwards, you are so brave to share this, or you're so strong to be able to talk about this publicly. Ugh, that's my point. We need to break the silence. I am not unique. I am not unusually brave or strong. I am a victim of a very common abuse. So very common. The reason I appear to be anything special is that no one is talking. Are you kidding me? Where are the victims of my ex-husband? Where are the victims of these five specific church abuse cancers that I am going to talk about today? So there are five. Number one will be Hillsong International. It's a church that began in Australia. It is present in 27 countries and on six continents. When the abuse happened there, and not just there in Australia, but in Hillsong, New York City with Carl Lentz and the dude that left New York City and headed to Dallas and got himself in trouble there. Go figure. Um, 
there have to be from the Hillsong debacle itself from that single place, there have to be thousands. But let's add number two, the International House of Prayer, Kansas City. That movement started in 1999 and is at a pause here in 2023 with its founder, Mike Bickle, facing allegations of sexual abuse from several women over a span of decades. What? It started in 1999. How many decades are we talking about? We have two. So if it happened over a span of decades, then that means like since it started. Okay. Uh, Let's try another one. The International Church of Christ, which is centered here in America, it began in 2010 and has a presence now on six continents. And wait until you hear that story about abusing children. Ah, Then let's go to four. Mars Hill Church Network. Now, that was back in Seattle, Washington. Um, it started in 1996. Um, fell into its debacle in 2014 and was officially disbanded in January of 2015. Uh, But the pastor, Mark Driscoll, is still moving in ministry in Arizona, almost like nothing ever happened. And number five, Southern Baptist Convention, that particular uh, convention has a United States population of 13 million people. So let's add it all up. How are you doing with your math? We have Hillsong on six continents, IHOP KC um, in Kansas City and other places for the past 20 years. So we're gonna add, you know, one, two, three, I don't know. Uh, International Church of Christ uh, since 2010 and a presence on six continents. So let's add some math from that. Mars Hill had 15 locations in four states. Uh, So we got victims in a bunch of places. And then with a U.S. population of 13 million, the Southern Baptist Convention, wait until you hear those stats. Um, Yeah, I am, I'm not... I'm not alone in being a victim. It's just, where are we all? And let's break this silence. So today's uh, episode, I am going to read from the most current uh, news story or a current news story, um, trying to be um, responsible about the timing of of the cases. We can go back in time. We can go to 2022. But I am just sharing this break, the silence, to make a point that I am not a sole victim. There are thousands of us. There are thousands of us. So let's go in. Let's dig into Hillsong. Here's the article from June 15th of 2023. This is simply about the Brian Houston accusation. So the title says, Court hears closing arguments in Brian Houston case 
Was the Hillsong founder covering up sexual abuse or trying to care for a survivor? So, of course, you've got to look more into, um, you know, the backstory if you don't know anything about this. But um, I'll read from this article. So this is all happening in Australia. Sydney Court Magistrate Gareth Christophe, Christophe has been presented with two very different portraits of Hillsong Megachurch founder Brian Houston. According to the Crown Prosecutor making his final argument in court on Thursday, Houston is a liar. He did everything he could to conceal his father's sexual abuse and protect his own reputation and power. Two, the defense, on the other hand, depicts Houston as an imperfect human, doing his best in a difficult situation. Among other things, he sincerely believed that the survivor uh, one, uh, okay, of his father's abuse, by then a grown man, did not want to go to the police. The survivor, Brett Sangstock, was present in the tiny courtroom in Downing Center, Center Courthouse in downtown Sydney for the closing arguments in Brian Houston's trial. He sat just a few meters from Houston as two attorneys debated what the megachurch pastor should have done in 1999 when Sengstock told him what Frank Houston, the father, did to him when he was a boy in the 1970s. Crown Prosecutor Gareth Harrison and Brian Houston said, I'm sorry, Brian Houston had, quote, no reasonable excuse for not reporting his father to the police. Quote, the Crown submits that the reason was that the accused, the pastor, was trying to protect the reputation of the church and his father. Harrison said, dot, dot, dot. Okay, I need to note that Brian Houston was acquitted. Um, that the end of that case uh, sided with the defense and said Houston was just in a tough situation. And even though he found out Years and years and years ago, 1999, that his father was a pedophile and had harmed this boy. Are we talking one? Oh, see, if we think we're talking about one, then we all stay kind of quiet, don't we? I am telling you, this abuse is so rotten common. Let's go to the next one. Number two, the IHOP KC. I know it sounds like the pancakes. It is not that happy. International House of Prayer founder Mike Bickle accused of sexual abuse. Former IHOP KC leaders bring forward what they say are credible allegations from several women over decades of ministry. Uh-huh several decades. Mike Bickle, the founder of International House of Prayer Kansas City, is facing allegations of sexual and spiritual abuse spanning decades and involving multiple women. Now this article came out October 29, 2023, so not many weeks ago. 
Um, and we said earlier that it, he started the church in 99. So uh, spanning decades would mean, yeah, since the church started because the church is only 24 years old. Um, so a couple of decades involving multiple women. Bickle, 68, has been accused of sexual misconduct where, uh, quote, where the marriage covenant was not honored, end quote. According to a statement released Saturday from a group of former IHOP leaders who investigated the claims. Now, there's a question right there. IHOP leaders investigated the claims. Huh. Um, maybe we should have somebody outside of the situation. Let me continue the article. They said, though they were initially shocked, they found the allegations credible based on the quote, collective and corroborating testimony of several victims. Wow. Bickle's charismatic mega church, which has offered round-the-clock prayer and worship since its founding in 1999, which is kind of cool, was informed of the allegations on Friday, according to the Kansas City Star, which obtained a recording of the announcement. Stuart Greaves, executor director at IHOP KC, told staff that the leadership team is, quote, taking the situation very seriously. The leaders who released the statement, former executive leadership team and board members, Dwayne Roberts and Brian Kim, along with former forerunner Christian fellowship pastor, Wes Martin, said they first attempted to bring the allegations directly to Bickle, as the Bible instructs in Matthew 18. Yes, look that up. They said Bickle refused to meet with them and then tried to intimidate and discredit the victims. So let's pause. Bickle refuses to meet with people who are trying to follow scripture. Hmm, maybe a red flag. And then tries to intimidate and discredit the victims. The article does not say how they know, but there you go. Okay, back into a paragraph here. Bickle agreed to pause from preaching. He agreed. To pause from preaching and teaching while the church engages quote, outside parties to assess and attribute, um, no, nope, assess and arbitrate, there we go, the allegation I, IHOP KC leaders announced during uh, Sunday service and on social media. The leaders who investigated the allegations against Bickle said they believe his actions, quote, fall short of biblical standards for leaders in the church, end quote. Gosh, does anybody know the word understatement? Mm. And include Bickle's use of spiritual authority to manipulate victims. Well, there we go into another category um, of this new recognized something, something of spiritual abuse. Besides church abuse, that is another broadcast. Their statement said the women who came forward, quote, had nothing to gain by sharing their experience except the pursuit of truth, repentance, mercy, and grace, end quote. 
They said Bickel, who has not responded publicly to the recent reports, denied all allegations. And from my personal experience in my life for over nine and a half years, deny the allegations is the way to go. And that is kind of the M.O. of perpetrators. Okay, we're on three. This article comes uh, to us on October 3rd of this year, 2023. This one is about Mars Hill Pastor, um, whose church is uh, disbanded, I think the word was. So he got it all going and had all those satellite churches in, on the West Coast in Seattle. And now he has just moved his space to uh, Arizona. So there's a big old mess, you know, and a big fallout that happened and not really great resolution. And where are the victims and how are they doing? But no, let us uh, take a peek into what is happening now. Here's this article is uh, the headline reads, Mark Driscoll's Safe Space, How the Embattled Pastor Built a New Church, Scottsdale, Arizona. After the dramatic implosion of Seattle's Mars Hill Church in 2014, its co-founder and pastor, Mark Driscoll, an unapologetically con confrontational preacher hmm, who resigned when church leaders accused him of abusive leadership, decamped with his family to Arizona. Cast into the ministerial wilderness, Driscoll quickly began hunting for new allies and opportunities. Driscoll had sights on starting a new church, but with his reputation mired in controversy, he would need to cultivate support from local minister, ministry leaders first, and he would need the platform to communicate and grow his large digital audience. While forming his plans, he quietly huddled with pastors from several churches in the area at Scottsdale Bible Church outside Phoenix. Surrounded by about a dozen men, Driscoll introduced himself as a newcomer to the valley, a man who had been through a very public ordeal. He had repented and was ready to begin again. He said he had made missteps with his former church and vowed not to repeat them. He had learned from the experience. The pastors listened. They prayed with him. They challenged him on what he would do differently. Over time, Driscoll would meet with more than 70 pastors from the valley before launching his new ministry. And this one I have a personal connection to. I can count the date of his uh, search for allies and his need for a platform and a microphone because this guy showed up in my church in the Midwest and only eight months after the mess was given a microphone and a platform and continues to receive that to this day. If you have any questions about what this guy is up to, you just need to read anything he wrote, get your highlighter, and um, things will become very clear. But let's go to number four. Number four. 
is a place when I started this research this week, I didn't even know about this one at all. So this, this is just mind blowing international churches of Christ. U.S. Christian group accused of covering up sexual abuse of minors. Lawsuits claim International Churches of Christ leaders failed to report as well as plotted to conceal abuse of women and children. This comes March 19th of this year, 2023. Michelle Shell Rowland was looking for salvation when she joined the International Churches of Christ. She never imagined that three decades later, mm, Michelle, maybe we need to know each other three decades later, me too, she would lead a legal battle accusing the controversial Christian religious organization of enabling and covering up the sexual molestation of children in its congregation, among other alleged abuses. But that's exactly what she's doing. Quote, they have covered the spectrum of abuse, Roland said. This abuse of power, this is abuse of power, spiritually, physically, psychologically, financially, and sexually, end quote. Roland and her attorney, Bobby Samini, have filed a series of lawsuits against the International Churches of Christ, abbreviated ICOC which alleged that its leaders failed to report as well as plotted to conceal the sexual and emotional abuse of women and children who worshipped alongside them. One of the lawsuits is from Roland herself. She accuses the church and its leaders of fostering an exploitative environment that resulted in her sexual assault by an ICOC recruit. Collectively, her complaint and the others accuse ICOC of being a dangerous cult. The Los Angeles-based organization with about 118,000 congregants vehement, vehemently, such a good word, denies that, that characterization while saying it is on a fact-finding mission about the abuse allegations. The lawsuit, which seek damages, Describe disturbing instances of molestation against minors. And they accuse the ICOC, its founder, Thomas Kip McKean, and associated organizations of creating, quote, a widespread culture of acceptance of the abuse of children, end quote. Here's a quote. What happened to your girls isn't that big of a deal. A church elder allegedly told a mother of two young girls who were sexually assaulted on church grounds, according to a February filing. Quote, most girls have been molested by the time they reach 18, end quote. What? Two more paragraphs. Five women filed a complaint in December that said ICOC failed to stop convicted pedophile and church member David Saracino from sexually assaulting them when they were between the ages of four and 17. 
According to the legal documents, Saraceno received a 40-year prison sentence for raping a four-year-old in 2004. Another February filing asserts that Anthony M. Stowers, a transgender man, was molested from the age of three while in an ICOC preschool's care. The legal documents allege that Stowers' abuse occurred as ICOC members and leaders who were not employees of his school were given unfettered access to students. I need to pause for a drink. That's a lot of reading. And not a very happy and hopeful listen. One more, and then I, I have some commentary. The last example comes from the 13 million <clears throat> congregant uh, convention of the Southern Baptist, and it's the uh, oldest dated one, um, June 12th of 22. But I chose it to put in here because of how big the Southern Baptist Convention's presence is in the United States, and if my theory is that there are thousands of victims here in the U.S., let alone the world. Um, certainly these statistics from this article will confirm the math that there are thousands of you out there. This article uh, was published by The Guardian and uh, begins this way. The issue at hand is the release of the Southern Baptist Convention by the Southern Baptist Convention of a 205-page document, 205 pages, naming hundreds of Baptist leaders and members accused or found guilty of sexual abuse of children. Now let's just pause with the numbers because I'm saying there's thousands of you out there. It's a document of 205 pages of the people who did the crime. You think they did it to only one person? No, we have to do our math. We have to realize there are thousands of us. I am not some unusual victim. Back to the article. The list, which includes 700 entries on cases between 2000 and 2019, was released after a bombshell third-party investigation by Guidepost Solutions, which said the convention's leaders in its executive committee failed the public and its community by mishandling sexual abuse cases and mistreating victims and survivors. So come on, you're out there, aren't you? SBC leaders Roland Slade and Willie McLaurin issued a statement saying the list, quote, reminds us of the devastation and destruction brought about by sexual abuse. Our prayer is that the survivors of these heinous acts find hope and healing and that the churches will utilize this list proactively to protect and care for the most vulnerable among us. That is my prayer too. That is the purpose of this podcast, that the church step it up Use the list. Help 
the victims and help the perpetrators. They are messed up. Jesus can help anybody who is willing to be helped. Back to the report. The initial report was released after a seven-month investigation that revealed 380 leaders and volunteers in the F in the SBC that have faced public accusations of sexual abuse. It said that the SBC's general counsel and spokesman had kept their own private list of abusive ministers and that the leaders of SBC's executive committee had focused for decades on trying to protect the SBC from liability for abuse in local churches. Quote, in service of this goal, survivors and others who reported abuse were ignored, disbelieved, or met with the constant refrain that the SBC could take no action due to its politity regarding church autonomy. Mm -hmm. uh, do try that on Judgment Day. See if that, that works in front of Christ. But I digress. And even if it is meant that convicted molesters continued in ministry with no notice or warning to their current church or congregation, end quote, investigators wrote. And that is my story. The molesters, the man I lived with, continued in ministry with no notice or warning to the next church, and I stayed gloriously gaslit, lied to, confused, couldn't find objective proof, trying to figure it out. Was it A or was it B or was I crazy? Yeah, gaslighting, that's another episode. And these are five Protestant examples. So are there a thousand, thousands of people out there damaged by church abuse? Yeah. And now let's add in the Catholic priests and all the pedophilia worldwide. So let me tell you, if you are not a victim, if you are not one of us, I want you to understand that there are way too many of us. Church abuse is common. This is a mess. The, victim, the victims of these five cancerous scandals easily number in the thousands, right? So let's plunk this issue smack dab in the middle of the noonday sun. Why? Well, it's the first step in our healing and the first step for God's people, the church, to cut out the disease of church abuse, of spiritual abuse. We start talking. We build a community of people rising from the silence. Why? For posterity. For the next generation of victims within the church. The sacred, the holy place must be made safe for the children of God. 
Why talk? Well, you know what? We can. This podcast makes a path, a way to be heard and find healing. For me, 30 years ago, there was nothing. No mental health awareness, no abuse hotlines, no TV commercials, books, articles. No mention of the technique of gaslighting that keeps the victim silent. Nothing. 2023 is different. We can find each other. We can speak and listen and write and heal and advocate for change. Wolves in sheep's clothing hiding in the church. There is no room for you in God's house. Church leaders protect the sheep as Christ the good shepherd did. He left the 99 to go find the one that was lost and hurting. There is no room for error in this. Are you one of the thousands of victims? Where are you, my friends? Listen to this podcast from every continent and help me break the silence. Church abuse victims, wherever you are, this show is for you. Be sure to check out our resources at www.victoriousanyway.co. My Break the Silence memoir is called Married by Myself. Um, A journal for Christian divorced women, also called Married by Myself, Journal to Healing, is available. And Happy Thoughts, a 31-day journal, is the last item available to purchase along with my offer for coaching. Let's let that healing begin. Because this is what we're about at the Church Abuse Coach. We break the silence. We find the healing. And we live victorious anyway. Amen.